Hey, tomorrow is Veterans Day, and we want to honor our veterans. And so if there's anybody in here, uh, you served in any of our branches of military, if you could just go ahead and stand, and we want to just uh, bless you and pray for you. So if anyone, anyone in here, military, thank you. If you could just remain standing. We're going to do something here. Thank you so much. Yeah, keep standing here. Thank you. Come on. Thank you, thank you. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Here's what I want you to do. If you're around one of these veterans, I want you to stand next to them and lay your hands on them. We're going to bless them. And so you see uh, throughout the uh, Bible, they would lay hands and speak a blessing over people. So, Lord, we thank you for faithful men and women. God, people who uh, did things so that we don't have to. Lord, I thank you for the price that was paid for freedom. I thank you for the protection of life. And, Lord, any, uh, any traumatic things that happened in their past that may still be haunting them, things in their mind, I speak peace in the name of Jesus. But, Lord, I speak a blessing over these warriors, over these heroes uh, who, who paid a price. And, Lord, who left behind family, left behind friends, left behind careers, and went and served our country. So, Lord, we say thank you to them. We speak, speak a special blessing to them and their families in the name of Jesus. Amen. Veterans, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. How many of you guys know what we did on Friday? Oh, OMG, it was amazing. We had our Normandy banquet. So just a week and a half ago, we closed on the building. Can you guys believe that? It was just a week and a half ago. And so um, still getting over the writer's cramp, man. I felt so important just signing my name all over the place. It was just awesome. But um, yes, we closed in the building, so we own the building. Isn't that amazing? But it's full of uh, asbestos and poison, so we're not going to be doing anything in there like in the next week or two, all right? But we had our Normandy benefit dinner, and it was just, uh, guys, it was level 10. It was amazing. So thank you to all the volunteers. I know my wife put together a team with Pam and Natalie and uh, Tanya and just a whole bunch of people. I know I'm, I hate it when you name names and you forget the ones. Cheryl and what's that? Yeah, if you, if you helped, uh, if you volunteered in any way at the Normandy Benefit Dinner, why don't you guys just go ahead and stand? Let's just see who you guys are. Come on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What was amazing from the, uh, from, um, the, opening, the opening song was, um, what's the, uh, Frank Sinatra, the opening Frank Sinatra song? I've still got that tune in my head, by the way. Man, it was just the smooth tunes of Patrick. It was just awesome. And uh, it was just, guys, it was just wonderful. And I think it was just so powerful to see so many people from so many different walks of life coming together for something that's so dear to God's heart. And it was just amazing. So thank you. We don't have a numbers counted yet and for how much, and I hope it takes them a really long time to count it. I hope we're like, guys, we've been counting all week, and we just... There's just so many zeros, we don't know what to do with it. So I don't know where we're going to be, but we'll announce it and we'll celebrate whatever came in. And so it's a, it's a big yay, God. Someone actually got born again during the Normandy benefit dinner. I don't know how these things happen, but it's, uh, maybe it's a prophetic sign of all the things that are going to happen in that building. It's a good sign. I think they were even trying to speak in tongues, this person, after they got saved. Like, not kidding. I'm like, well, yeah, they're, oh, I love our people. Uh, we, uh, we had um, some awesome uh, guest speakers there. We had Dr. Marlene Carson in the house today, so good to see you. 
one of the heroes of our city, really, she is, and I think we're going to get to know her more and more, but she's just got a great ministry and business and just all sorts of stuff. So it was just, it was just a blessed, blessed night. Uh, Mary and I, I think if we let ourselves, we get to sit down and have a good cry. And so thank you for inviting your friends, and just thank you for being there. It really just changed the atmosphere. When Mary and I left, it was like, it was just good to have Zioneers there. There was just something about them. They're, oh, here we go. <laughs> Mama Bear's getting the mic. All bets are off, so... If, if it was going to be something short, I was just going to let him do it. But since he's still talking. <laughs> Is that really a surprise? I mean, yeah. I, I just wanted to say thank you so much. Um, I feel like I'm collecting an award or something. <laughs> thank you so much to all my... We'd like to thank our parents for having us. Yeah. Um, this morning, what, what I saw, I was just spending time just thanking the Lord. And um, I just... I'm probably going to start crying here, but what I saw was um, I saw like people who were with us through this pioneering project. You know, pioneers, what they're doing is they're they're actually sitting on top of just imagine an arrow and imagine the pointy part, you know, the metal part of the arrow and people who were fighting with us on this. I just saw you sitting on the tip of the arrow, helping us get to and get through the intended target. And so I just wanna thank you for, for being tips of the arrow. And to all the naysayers, I just saw you, I saw you on the feathers trying to take us off course. And to all the naysayers, I just wanna say, look what the Lord has done. All right. And thank you. Well, thank you, Jesus. We could have said something a lot meaner than look what the Lord has done. So that actually turned out pretty good, <laughs> you know. So, all right. Well, hey, uh, last Sunday, Mary and I were in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and we got to teach out there. And so uh, one of the, uh, we did Saturday night, we went after healing. And so I just wanted to share a couple testimonies with you. Does that sound good? Just to feed our hearts on those things. And so sometimes you get so into the, you know, just what you're doing and just what God's doing in the room. I do a terrible job of actually remembering. So these are the ones I remembered. So uh, this one was really cute. You can tell when people get healed, but they're not expecting it. It's like super cute, you know. And so this lady came in, and she had very little uh, lung capacity. She couldn't take in a whole lot of air. She came in, and so she gets prayer, and she's like, <gasps> she just kept going, my lungs, they, they can't fit this much air in. It's going down deep. Can you see that? We're like, like well, we can't see it, you know. But uh, anyway, so she, yeah, she just got her breathing restored. So it was very shallow, very labor. She was out of breath just walking up to the front. So, yeah, it was just a beautiful thing, yeah. Uh, there was a man in a wheelchair. He had not walked without a cane in nine years. His daughter was a teenager, and she never remembered a time when her dad could walk without the cane. And so he got prayer. He gets out of the wheelchair. He's walking without the cane. It was beautiful. And so his daughter was not there. And so she, he comes home. And he walks to her in the hallway, and I guess they just held, they embraced, they cried. And uh, she comes to church the following morning and gives her life to Jesus as a result of that. So, so yes, yay God, so good. Um, there was a lady, she, she's so cute, she kept going, I don't know why I'm here. I'm not supposed to be here. And so she was kind of like, you know, like crooked and jacked with pain. So I'm praying and nothing's happening. And uh, those are just awesome times, aren't they? And uh, <laughs> I say all these bold things about Jesus, and there's no breakthrough. And I'm watching her walk, and I'm like, well, hey, I think you might have a leg shorter than the other. And she's like, what's that? And I'm like, well, sit down. And so she sits down, and she's got a leg probably, you know, at least an inch shorter than the other. And so she's like, what's going to happen? I'm like, well, you know, just watch. I mean, we pray where it's going to grow out. So, it, uh, so, you know, a bunch of people crowding around and pray, and then whoosh, the leg grows out. 
and uh, she stands up, and all of her pain's gone, and she was, she just kept going, I wasn't even supposed to be here, and she was just walking normal, so, so cool. Uh, uh, went and uh, prayed for a girl with lymphoma, and uh, this is the text we got from her mother. Uh, the, the hives Katie had are gone. Her breathing got better right away when you guys are praying, and she can't feel the mass anymore, which she had before. So, yeah. So uh, this week she's getting a checkup. So, you know, we don't call it a healing until the reports say the cancer's gone, but I'm taking those as very positive signs. You guys know if you're tumors, you can't feel them anymore. Yeah, those don't just go away with positive thoughts. So, yeah, got lots of head, shoulders, knees, and toes, just lots of that kind of good stuff. So um, last, uh, about a week and a half ago, we had David Hogan in here. How many guys were here for that? Oh, my goodness, yeah. So he just brings just an awesome level of faith in the room. So I got this uh, Facebook message from a man. Uh, my name is Jack Collins, pastor of Freedom House in Chillicothe. I was at Zion Thursday night when David Hogan was there. I came with great excitement and anticipation in the wheelchair I've been in since May. I had a stroke February 11th and had not walked since then. I was in a nursing home for three months prior from a stroke, which left me paralyzed on my left side and unable to walk or talk at all. I regained limited speech while in rehab, but remained with multiple challenges health-wise. After passing through the fire tunnel, you're like, what's a fire tunnel? Just let your imagination run wild. That's what it is. Uh, just, it's, yeah, we're going through and just people praying for him, praying fire on him. After passing through the fire tunnel, I was blasted by the Holy Spirit, and then my son pushed me to the restroom. I left the restroom with fire in both legs. How many of you guys know awesome things can happen in the restroom when the Holy Spirit's involved? Like, enter into his rest in the room. There you go. I left the restroom fire in both legs, walked all around the sanctuary and back through the prayer line. I've been walking as much as I can since. Tomorrow, I plan to preach for the first time in a while. He preached last Sunday. Standing and walking. Uh, there's a video of it on Facebook of, uh, of him preaching. I think we actually have a video of him walking out of Zion. Can we, do we get that pulled up? We're trying to stream it through my phone because I couldn't figure out how to get it off of Facebook and here and da-da-da-da. Uh, there he is walking. Oh. There he is. Come on, Jesus. So good. And so I, I heard a story a little while ago about Kenneth Hagin and Oral Roberts. Those were two giants in the healing movement back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. You know, I mean, they, those guys were just awesome for a long time. And I don't remember who said what to, uh, to the one, but one said to the other, because here's what you need to know. In, the, in, the, in 1948, a healing revival just exploded where God uh, anointed about 150 evangelists, people like A.A. A. Allen, Jack Coe, just all sorts of amazing people. And just healing broke out. And they had healing crusades. It's on TV. Just William Branham, all those type of people. And uh, so they were healing people just out of the anointing of God, just out of the gift of God in their life. And here's what one of, Hagen said to Oral Roberts, or the other one said to the other. He said, when this thing is over, you and I will be the only ones left standing because those guys only know how to get healed out of the anointing. We know how to get healed out of the word of God. And those are the ones who lasted the longest. Those are the ones who did it. And so it just really, it really struck me. And and Kenneth Hagin said another thing. He said he saw more mighty miracles earlier in his ministry, like the 60s and 70s, than he did in the 80s and 90s. He said because what happened is people would bring him in, and he would preach for two or three weeks every night. And there's just a momentum when you're hearing God's word, and it's washing over you, and it's renewing your mind. He said uh, he saw more mighty miracles back then, and uh, kind of like in the 90s, people wanted him to come in for one service. 
and undo years of unbelief and all that stuff. And it's just a lot harder to do when you just got one shot. So I really, uh, I felt the Lord told me in the spring that the, there was going to be an explosion of healing in the fall. And uh, it, it dawned on my lightning fast mind, it's probably not going to just happen. We're just going to be going about our business and healing explosion. Wow, who, who, who thought about this? And I feel like there has to be a response to his invitation to go into that. So I want to take our time and go after some healing here in, uh, in this next season. You're like, how long is the season? I don't know. I mean, until there's a healing explosion. I think we'll know when it happens. <laughs> you know, and so was there an explosion? Yeah, if there's ever an explosion, no one's like, was that it? Was that it? Yeah, no, that was an explosion. You would know it. And that hole in the wall? Yeah, that, that's what that was. So, Do you guys remember that story in the Gospels where the man born blind came to Jesus and he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. And Jesus said, I'm not willing. The Father wants to keep you in blindness as a symbol of Israel's spiritual blindness. You guys remember that story? No, because it's not in the Bible. Jesus perfectly demonstrated the will of God by healing every person who came to him. And so I, uh, you know, I just wrote, you know, I've got a really good prepared message, and then I got some scribbles I wrote down this morning. So we're going to, yeah, yeah I've, I got, I've got the picnic lunch, and then I've got a bunch of ingredients laying all over the counter. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it works out today. Lord, interpret the tongues. Imagine you're at the wedding of Cana in John chapter 2. So here's the story is the, uh, you know, Jesus, he's at a party. Everything's going great. And all of a sudden, the bride and groom, they run out of wine. Oops. And uh, it's very embarrassing in the first century for something like that to happen. And Jesus' mother comes over to Jesus, and he says, I want you to do something. And uh, he has a great answer. He says, woman, my time has not yet come. It's one of my favorite verses of scripture when Mary asked me to do yard work. (laughs) Woman, my time has not yet come. And... uh, Anyway, it, it, it didn't work on uh, it, it didn't work on uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. It doesn't work on my Mary either. And so she persists, and um, and so Jesus goes and they get those six ceremonial pots. And so it's interesting. He takes these religious institutions, these ceremonial washing pots, which had lost their meaning, and he takes those and transforms into something that he uses for ministry. And so I want you to imagine if you were one of those attendants who the, the, you know those things were like thirty to fifty gallons. These they're they're kind of these skinny. They're called mikvahs about that high. Imagine you're one of those people and you're pouring the water into that. And imagine you standing there believing that that wine would, that water would turn into wine. Sorry, I was raised some ways a God. We were taught Jesus actually turned the wine back into water, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> it's a joke. We weren't really, but you know, sort of. Anyway, so imagine you're there and you see the water in those jars and you are trying to believe really hard for that water to turn into wine. Guess what's going to happen? Nothing. Because it's not your believing that makes something happen. It's actually the presence of Jesus that makes the thing happen. I feel like there's been so much emphasis on believing and having faith. And we're looking at faith instead of realizing, I'm just going to tell you the truth. You do not have enough faith for your healing. I certainly don't have enough faith for your healing. The only one who has enough faith for your healing is Jesus. It's his faith. There is a gift of faith in the New Testament, but all faith is a gift. All faith comes in response to seeing Jesus. It's a reflex of action. It's believe in your heart, and that will change the confession of your mouth. So many people are trying to confess with their mouth. I got their faith confession. I'm saying my declarations. I got my this and that. I'm saying my confessions. I'm confessing the scriptures. 
Guys, it's not some formula to wear God down to get the cosmic tumblers of heaven to line up and get your answer. Faith is not a matter of intellectually coming into agreement with what the scripture says. It's a matter of surrendering of the heart. Remember, he says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And so there's this thing that sees Jesus and just surrenders to it and says, God, I can't do it on my own, but you can. And when you see what Jesus, who he is, when you see the price that was paid, faith springs in your heart as a reflex of action. Remember the woman, there's a story in the Bible with a woman who had an issue of blood. She couldn't stop bleeding for years, spent all her money on doctors. Everybody made her promises. Nothing worked. And she gets to this point of desperation. And Jesus is walking to the crowd, and they're all touching him. They're grabbing him. He's got his 12 bodyguards pushing him off and everything. And this woman fights through the crowd, breaking religious tradition because uh, she was unclean. And anyone she touched said, said that she was, uh, was going to make unclean. So she's, she is breaking social protocol. So just, I don't know what the equivalent of that would be today, but, you know, imagine a quiet room and someone coming in noisy and scattering up to the spiel. You'd be like, what is this person doing? That's what's going on. But this woman had, she, she knew that if she could get to Jesus, something would happen. She gets there, she touches the edge of his garment, and uh, Jesus says, I felt a disturbance in the force. <laughs> he said, I felt virtue flow from me. I, I felt power leave me. What happened? I want you to see this. Jesus did not um, see this woman. Ask heaven, you know, is this person worthy to be healed? Okay, Father. He, guy, listen, guys, God is not up on a case-by-case basis deciding whether or not you are worthy to be healed. He already said yes 2,000 years ago. His mind is already yes. God... It is always God's will to heal. God wants you well every single time. There's never a time in the New Testament where Jesus put sickness on someone to teach them an important lesson. There's never a time where he put sickness on someone to make them more like Jesus. Because Jesus isn't sick. Oh, but, you know, there's this person who, you know, they got sick and they got closer to Jesus. That just shows you the goodness of God. It doesn't show you the source of the problem. God is so good he can win with any hand. He can win with a pair of twos. He's just that good. And so when someone gets healed in the middle of a, uh, listen, someone gets healed because of the death of a child or something like, or, you know, comes to the Lord and the death of a child. The death of a child was not the will of the Lord. It's just that he, in all things, he can work things for his good. It didn't say all things were good. So Jesus asked this interesting question. So he, uh, there's a paralytic man. And he says to the guy, son, your sins are forgiven. The religious people are like, what? Are you, who is this guy? Who does he think he is, God? Yes. Who does this guy think he is to forgive sins? And Jesus says, perceiving what they're doing. In other words, he's picking up the religious spirit that's going on. That's going to try to dampen this whole thing. And uh, Jesus says, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or pick up your mat, mat and walk? Just so you know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. Hey, buddy, get up. Okay. I want you to get the implication there, which is easier to say. It is much easier to say your sins are forgiven because it's invisible. You can't really tell if it's happened. But the only way that guy was going to have the assurance that he was actually forgiven is if he actually had the healing of his body come into contact. Guys, what if the problem in our country, I mean, Christians, man, they're a stinking mess. Myself included. We're all, we all need tons of grace. We're all in process. Okay? We are, how many of you guys realize we are not yet looking quite like Jesus? It could take a few more weeks for the American church to get there. Okay? But, I, guys, I got to wonder, what if the problem is we don't understand the reality of the forgiveness of our sins? So we're struggling with guilt and shame and identity and somebody tell me that God loves me and all these things. Because we haven't seen the power of God to take out the mat and walk. 
It's easy to say your sins are forgiven. You're a child of God. Your, your identity is in Christ and all these things. It's so easy to say that. But the harder thing is take up your mat and walk. And to see the power of God demonstrated, gang, we got to go after this thing. I know we've gone after it before, and, um, but there hasn't been an explosion this fall. And going after it is not going to be striving and trying and bearing down. It's going to come through lots of rest and learning to rest in him. Real faith weighs no more than a mustard seed and will do more than a ton of will and determination. I want you to imagine a, a flower opening up to the sun. You know, I've never heard one groan. I've never heard a flower go, ah, and you just see the flower panting from all the effort. No, the sun comes, and it's a natural response to open itself up. You know, uh, Mary was up at 5 in the morning, so you know what that means? I was up at 5 in the morning, cursing the darkness, and so... So I get up, and uh, we got a little soaking room, and so you know, I was able to watch the sunrise. And you know what? Uh, the darkness didn't put up this struggle and try to say, and listen, it just, the, the earth responded to the light coming in by just everything becoming enlightened. Okay? Guys, that's what faith is, is when, Jesus, when we see Jesus, our faith opens up to him. There's no effort. There's no striving. There's no trying to get the mindset right, and there's this and that. It's, it's looking at him is what makes the whole thing work. Believe in your heart, then it will change the confession of your mouth. I mean, I'd rather have you say positive things that line up with the word of God than negative things. But it's not saying those positive things that are going to move God. It's what happens. Listen, when there's fire in the fireplace, there'll be smoke in the chimney. When there's faith in the heart, it'll affect the way you speak. I feel like our emotions and our desires have driven faith from the heart and put it into the mind. We're wanting it so bad. We're trying so bad. We see, we see sick bodies. We see people dying. We, we, we have such a heart for it. And it's, it's taken it out of the place of heart and rest and surrender, and it's put it into their mind where we're trying to figure it out. Why isn't this happening? Why, why, why is it? Listen, I don't know about you. God doesn't answer a whole lot of my why questions. The answer to the why question is always a Who? Jesus. Jesus is the answer to every significant problem you will ever have on planet Earth. There's a crazy scripture in 2 Corinthians 11.3. Uh, Paul says this, I fear that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent. I want you to think of how big that is. That's like the whole fall of man. I fear that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent, you too have been uh, moved away from the simplicity that is Christ. Guys, I can't tell you how many, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I watch YouTube healing stuff, and you know, I, I love that kind of stuff. But there's just some goofy stuff on there where people are trying to like get like triple portion anointings and healing mantles from old revivalists and all sorts of stuff. You've forgotten the simplicity of Christ. Listen, what if it's way easier than we thought? I mean, most of Paul's letters are aimed at religion that was trying to put knots into what Jesus made simple. Getting them back to Christ. Getting back. Well, what if I don't have enough faith? What if I got generational curses? What if I've got this and that? Um, your answer is going to come from Jesus, not from trying to figure out your ancestry line, what's been lined up in there. By the way, your ancestry line, uh, it, got, it got buried with Christ through baptism. Dead, died, dead. Take the corpse, burn the corpse, scrape together the ashes, burn the ashes, done. 
and he put you into a whole new family line. You are now in Christ. Ain't no curses. Holla. I don't even know what that means. It just felt good. So when faith touches the Son of God, the woman with the issue of blood, it was like a pickpocket. It was like a reflex of action. When faith touches the Son of God, healing is a response. Don't get mad at me for this, but I'm going to tell you the truth to help, help set us all free here. If someone is not healed, the problem is not on the God side of the equation. It's on the human side of the equation. And I've not found it helpful to figure out, is it your lack of faith or my lack of faith? Uh, none of us have faith enough to see somebody healed. Only Jesus does. It's interesting. Paul talks about having the faith of the Son of God. How are you going to get that? From the Son of God. So let me, let me show you Old Testament faith. I think this is going to be a short, short and sweet message here. I'm about out of notes. Maybe I can pull up some old ones. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about that too. So I'm talking to myself now. I just start praying. <laughs> this is what happens when you only bring ingredients instead of a picnic basket. So the book of Hebrews is really a powerful book. And so the, the key word in the whole book is the word better. Jesus is better than the angels because which of the angels did he say, here's my son, sit at my right hand? And he goes on and says, Jesus is better than Moses. Moses, the law came uh, with angels, but Jesus' message came with, uh, with signs and wonders. And, you know, we have a better law with, uh, we have a um, better covenant with better promises, better, 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 all through the thing. Then we get to Hebrews 11 and we forget about this. And so remember the Hebrews 11 is what they call the hall of faith. And so you see different heroes of faith. It says, by faith, Abraham did this. By faith, Enoch. By faith, by faith. And it's all these people. And you know what it says at the very end of the chapter 11? But now there's a better way. So we're looking at these people. What do they do? They heard the word of God, and they took their will, and they stepped into it, even though they didn't see it. That's old covenant faith. Hearing it, I'm trying to believe it. I'm trying to work this thing up. New covenant faith is the very next verse. Fixing your eyes on Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. Where does New Testament faith come from? I see Jesus and I surrender. I want you to think about how you got born again. Is uh, You saw this, you, you recognize I can't save myself. I can't be good enough. There's nothing I can do to earn this thing. And you saw Jesus and there was this thing that rose up in you and said, thank you, I'll take that for me. What if you receive Jesus as your savior? I mean, what if you receive Jesus as your healer the same way you received him as your savior? You looked at him and you said, I can't figure this healing thing out. I can't be good enough. I can't memorize enough verses. I can't fast enough. I can't do this thing. But I see that you already paid for this 2,000 years ago. You have to understand, he was your healer before you were ever born. He doesn't suddenly become your healer the moment you get healed. He was your savior before you ever had the need, before you were ever born. He didn't become your savior. He didn't become savior of the world the moment you got saved. Okay, you stepped into what he was already doing. It's the same thing with healing. He already decided healing 2,000 years ago, and we simply stepped into what's already been paid for. He's not up there like, not it, not it, not it. Okay, we'll give you 50% breakthrough. Not it, not it. All his promises are yes and amen. Not, eh, we'll see how good you are this week. Guys, we've got to kill that performance plan. 
And we got to get in the New Testament faith, which says, I mean, every person who came to him, he healed without exception. A lot of people, they begin to invent these crazy doctrines that aren't in the Bible. They say things like, God puts sickness on people to teach them a lesson. Listen, gang, I'd be arrested for child abuse if I did that to my kids. And for us to think that the Heavenly Father puts sickness on kids, Jesus never modeled that. And he said, I only do what I see the Father doing. Some people are like, yeah, but what about Job? Have you guys ever had that, had that little objection? What about Job? Oh, well, first of all, um, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not a follower of Job. Here, here's the theology of Job. Satan made him sick. God made him well. If you're not healed, you're not having a Job experience. How are we doing? What if you've been reading Job through the wrong lens? I bet you've missed the part where God actually raised all 10 of Job's kids from the dead. You guys ready for this? You sure? Job chapter 42, verse 10, God restored everything that was lost and gave him double. Listen, gang, anyone who's lost a child, when you just have more kids, it doesn't restore what was lost. That thing is still lost. The word restored there implies that something happened. But then he goes ahead and proves it with the numbers. You guys ready for this? Job chapter 1, it says he had seven sons and three daughters. I'm reading Job chapter 1, and I'm, I'm, really, I'm like, why is he giving us all these numbers? It says he had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys. I'm like, the Bible doesn't waste space. I'm thinking, why is he giving us all these numbers? Then I get to chapter 40. Okay, I don't know if you know the story. So Job loses the seven sons, three daughters, the 7,000 sheep, 300 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys. They're, they're all wiped out, and the, the Satan attacks them. It's just a horrible story. Then you get to chapter 42, and it says, God restored everything that was lost and gave him double. Remember when it said he had 7,000 sheep? Chapter 42 says he has 14,000 sheep. Double. In case your math is a little slow, 7,000 to 14,000, double. Chapter 1, he has 3,000 camels. Chapter 42, any guesses? 6,000 camels. Chapter 1, he has 500 yoke of oxen. Chapter 42, he has 1,000 yoke of oxen. In chapter 1, he has 500 donkeys. And in chapter 42, he has 1,000 donkeys. And after that, it says he gave him seven more sons and three more daughters. Zero plus 10 is not double. The only way that he could have had everything restored double from seven more sons and three more daughters if those original ones were raised from the dead. It works in every translation. So I was uh, showering one day, and if that's too much of an image for you, I, I, I shower in a full wetsuit, if that helps you. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm showering, and I, I get this thought in my head, like, how did Abraham get the faith to uh, raise Isaac from the dead? Remember in Hebrews chapter 11, it said that, you know, remember Isaac, Abraham's going to sacrifice Isaac. He raises the knife, and all of a sudden, bang, like, oh, okay, we're going to sacrifice the lamb and not my son. But it says what gave him the courage is he believed that even if he killed his son Isaac, God could raise him from the dead. I felt like the Lord was like, well, you know, where did Abraham get that faith? When God asks you a question, how many of you know he's not fishing for information? He asks you a question so that you'll recognize the answer when it comes, because people who don't have questions don't recognize the answer. And so I'm like, um, I don't know, Lord, you know, as I'm standing there in my wetsuit. Lord, I don't know. And so, um, and he says he got it from the story of Job. The story of Job takes place way before the story of Abraham. Isn't that amazing? Guys, what if he's better than you thought? Anything that you find in the Old Testament that you can't find in the person of Jesus, you have every right to question it. 
Hebrews uh, chapter 1 says, God's spoken, you know, in the past in many different ways, various, I mean, Old Testament prophets, Psalms, you know, just all sorts of different ways he spoke. But he says, but today he speaks by his son. In other words, all that Old Testament stuff, it had a season, it had a time, but that time is up. Here's the way God's speaking now. He's speaking through Jesus. And he goes on and says, Jesus is the exact representation of God. You want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus. You want to Jesus? You want to know? They're exact. It's just a beautiful thing. So when you see the uh, when you see the uh, the gathering demoniac man, you know who knows how many thousands of demons this guy has. And when you see him come to Jesus and Jesus set him free, what are you seeing? You're seeing Jesus is revealing the Father. He says, "I don't care how many generations of you are cursed, be free." This is the heart of God. Every time we see Jesus doing something, we see the heart of God revealed. I'm just going to go ahead and close with this. How long are we going here? Not, not too bad. Let's say that you're, uh, you're a little kid. And if you're a little kid in here, you're welcome for this. And uh, you're a little kid and your parents say, hey, I know you've been wanting a bicycle for a really long time. And we got some good news. If you could just wait another month and a half, uh, we got you a bicycle for Christmas. When your parent tells you that they got you a bicycle for Christmas, this is not an, a challenge to you to be good enough to earn the bicycle. It's an, it's an announcement of the parent's will of what they're going to do independent of your behavior. When God says, I bore your sickness, I carried your pain, by your stripes you are healed, it's not an announcement for you to be good enough to earn healing. He's saying, this is part of the package I paid for. This is a gift. How do you receive a Christmas gift? You see it and you're like, that's mine? <laughs> How do you receive healing? That's mine? Thank you. So the Bible says you believe and then receive. So many Christians are trying to do it backwards. They're waiting to receive healing first. Well, I, I don't feel better. I don't, he must not be my healer. No, no, you got to remember. I'm not talking about fake it till you make it. I'm talking about he was your healer before you were ever born. He was the healer of the whole world. He paid for this, for this whole thing before you ever felt bad or felt good. You have to understand that. And so we look at Jesus and we see him as healer. And when I see him as healer, thank you. I believe first, then I receive. A lot of people are waiting to feel better. Then I'll believe I'm healed. No, no. Don't focus on healing. Focus on the healer. That's more than just semantics. So many people are trying to believe in, I believe in healing. I believe in healing. You don't see that anywhere in the Bible. They believed in Jesus. They believed in the healer. They're not putting their focus on this mental realm of doctrine, of trying to convince themselves about what God's will is. They focused on the person of Jesus, and when they focused on him, faith was a reflex of action. I remember in uh, May, I think it was May 2014, we did something called Cancer-Free Sunday. You guys remember Cancer-Free Sunday? How many of you guys remember that? I remember uh, I had like this huge performance anxiety when it came up. It was like, what if nobody gets healed on Cancer-Free Sunday? Which is like, you know, focusing on yourself and all that stuff. I have not found it to be super helpful, just going to be honest with you. So I get up there and I, you know, preach my message. And we're, uh, so the, the, I don't know, there's like, I'll just say 10, 15 people that lined up that, uh, you know, that, that said they had cancer. And so there was some that had some visible tumors. And, and so first person, praying nothing happens, praying nothing happens, panic sets in. OMG, I just got up and made all these bold statements about healing, nothing's happening, me, 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 live stream, me, 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 me. 
And, um, and uh, so then I just settle back into rest. I'm like, hold on, this isn't helpful. And so the Lord, uh, so, okay, this is all taking place in like 10 seconds, okay? So I'm gonna t- it's going to take me longer than 10 seconds to say this. And so the Lord takes me back to this memory that happened like the summer before that. And it was this lady came in in a wheelchair. She was Catholic. She'd never been to a Protestant church. She comes in a wheelchair. And after, it was a Saturday night service. You guys remember those? It was the greatest test of my faith ever. So, oh my gosh. Anyway, I'm not going into that. Anyway, so she comes in for Saturday night service. And uh, after service, I'm just kind of chatting with her. And as, as we're talking, I feel like the Lord says, she's carrying something I don't want her to carry. And so I was like, hey, I hope this doesn't sound weird, but I feel like the Lord says you're carrying something you don't want to carry. She's like, what is it? I'm like, I don't know. I said, how about we ask the Lord? And so she, she was super precious. And I said, well, I say, Holy Spirit, um, what am I carrying you don't want me to carry? She said, Holy Spirit, you don't want me to carry? And she goes, oh, unforgiveness. And she said, what should I do about it? And I said, well, ask him what he wants to give you instead. And it was unforgiveness against her father. And I said, what does he want to give you instead? Holy Spirit, what do you got me to give instead? And she kept doing this gasp. I mean, she's just adorable. And she says, um, I see him taking me by the hand and walking me through a field. What does that mean? I'm like, I don't know what it means. Ask the Lord. Oh, what does it mean? And she's like, oh, it's the freedom he wants to walk me into. And I said, I said, that's beautiful. I said, here's what I want you to do. I said, look at me for a second. I said, you can't receive a gift while you're still holding on to something. So I said, I want you to let go of that unforgiveness so you can receive that healing that he has for you. And so remember, it says he gives beauty instead of ashes. And so he's, he's always going to give you an exchange for something better, and it's a piece of himself that he's going to give you. And so, uh, so we do this, and so I just sat there and watched it. I just said, whatever that looks like between you and the Lord, I want you to make that exchange. And so she's praying. I didn't see anything in the natural, but it was just kind of like I could see just the Lord just loving on this precious lady. She didn't have all the language. She didn't take our healing trainings or anything. She just she put her eyes on Jesus, and, and she came expecting some help. And so she prayed, and so she, you know, she's, she's joyful. And so she rolls up to our prayer team. I didn't even think to pray for her legs. You know, I, I feel like sometimes people, they need to, just because they're in a wheelchair doesn't mean they're necessarily asking for prayer for that. They, you know, Jesus says to the blind guy, what do you want? You know, he, he needed to ask for it. So I didn't, I, um, I didn't say anything about it. So she rolls up to the teams, and two minutes later, she's out of the wheelchair. I, I, I don't want to exaggerate, but I think it was like eight or nine years that she hadn't walked, and she, and maybe it was 32 months, something. It was, it was more than two years, and the doctor said she'd never walk again. So she's out of the wheelchair walking, and uh, she's like, my husband is not going to believe this. And uh, she walks out pushing the wheelchair, and so it was just a big fat yay God. So Cancer-Free Sunday. Pray, for, pray nothing happens. Pray nothing happens. All this goes through my mind. And so I said, oh, hey, listen, I feel like you're carrying something you're not supposed to carry. Does the exchange, I feel the tumor go down right under my hand. I was like, hmm. Next person I come to, pray nothing happens. Pray nothing happens. Story comes to mind again. I said, okay. So I get up, and we did an exchange over everybody. I think I had Cheryl go. I said, Cheryl, go get rid of all the demons. Just make my job easy. 25% of sickness is caused in the, in the Gospels, the healing accounts, they happen because of the demons. Jesus expelled the demons. It doesn't mean that uh, the King James says demon possessed. The, the word in the New Testament that was written in Greek is demonized. The demons can be on you, not necessarily in you. It means you have a big destiny in your life and they're trying to attack you and keep you from it. It doesn't necessarily mean you did something horrible with a Ouija board, okay? So don't get freaked out by demons. They're a lot like Velcro. Easily removed, they leave no residue. Seriously. And so I don't remember what the statistics were, but the, but the, the people got breakthrough 
uh, more rapidly and more fully after we did that. And so I'm just kind of remembering that story this morning. And so I'd like to take you guys through that exchange. And then we're going to have some words of knowledge and go after healing. Does that sound good? If it doesn't sound good, you're going to hate the rest of this service because it's about to get sweet. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit those questions. And just to help you understand, here's how the Holy Spirit speaks to you. He's going to give you a sudden knowing or you're going to get a word picture. So let's just do this, um, the sudden knowing. Uh, I want you to close your eyes for a second. And I want you to, when I count to three, I want you to say your first, middle, and last name in your mind, not out loud. Okay? In your mind, not out loud. First, middle, last name. One, two, three. Okay. The way that you heard that voice, that's how God's voice is going to speak to you. It says that your spirit and his spirit became one spirit. So when he speaks to you, he doesn't have to use your uh, the vibrations on your uh, eardrums. He can actually speak right to your spirit, and it's going to sound a lot like your voice. If you're waiting for, you know, oh, I am your father. Like if you're waiting like for a Darth Vader, like shaky voice, you're going to be waiting a long time because he's going to speak to you in your spirit. Okay, close your eyes again. I want you to picture a sunny beach. With waves coming up. Okay, now stop, stop, stop. Come back. Come back to us. Come back to us. You were able to picture that, weren't you, in your mind. Sometimes God will drop a picture in your mind to speak to you. Okay, I don't have time to prove this out, but this is exactly, remember, uh, Jesus says he knew in his spirit. What are they? He had a knowing. This is one of the ways God spoke to him. He said, I only say what I hear my father say, and he teaches in word pictures. So we know this is how Jesus heard too. Okay, so when you ask the Holy Spirit, you're either going to get a picture like that girl did. Oh, I see a field. She had, first, she had a knowing about unforgiveness. And so, so everybody can do this. So you guys ready? So here's, the, uh, so here's the first question. Holy Spirit, what am I carrying that you don't want me to carry? Here's the next question. Holy Spirit, what do you want to give me instead? If you didn't get anything, then God's not highlighting anything for you right now. So just, man, just keep enjoying him. But if you got something, I want you to look at me for one second. Remember what I talked about. It's hard to receive something when you're holding on to something. So whatever God said that you're holding on to, whatever you're carrying, he doesn't want you to carry, I want you to give that to him, and I want you to receive that. I want you to let him do that exchange. Whatever that looks like between you and God, just talk, God, I give this thing to you. I can't carry it in my strength. I'm done with this thing. And, Lord, I receive what you have for me. And so whatever, just, just name that. So just between you and God, just take a few moments and just let him do that exchange with you. If you want to jot some stuff down, feel free to jot some stuff down.
Lord, you are wonderful. And Lord, I just seal what you're doing in these hearts in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. You don't take back your gifts. Lord, I just bless this exchange in the name of Jesus. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask our ministry teams to come up. And um, I think Cheryl's got a couple people coming up. And so we're going to give words of knowledge. And so you see in 1 Corinthians 12, there's gifts of the Spirit that he gives to, uh, to help the church. And so one of them is a word of knowledge. And so the way we interpret it is God will give you, he's going to highlight some sicknesses that he wants to heal to kind of build faith in the room that he wants to heal everything. So if your condition isn't called out, it doesn't mean he doesn't want to heal it. It just, it, we're building faith and then we're, we're going to make sure everybody gets prayer that wants it. And then uh, anyone who has a, a terminal illness, I'd love to lay hands on you before you leave. And so, all right. Who's that? Is that McKenzie? Why don't you take the mic and just pass it down. And so just a short, brief, and powerful. What's... Uh, what the condition is, and if it's a spot of the body that you can point to, you know, more specific, just show it. So go for it. Um, no, I'm Mackenzie, um, and I really felt like the Lord is highlighting today that um, people who suffer from asthma or shortness of breath, but then also he highlighted people with thyroid issues, that he just wants to, to heal that today. Okay, is anybody here asthma or thyroid issues? Okay. Today's your day. Hi, I'm Linda, and I believe there's someone here with migraines, or that's had migraines in the past. And I also um, heard knee, knee from an injury, either sports injury or accident. Okay, asthma, um, I'm sorry, a migraine or the knee injury? Okay. Okay, I have a, a list. Um, sorry. Um, I had sciatica, specifically the right leg, um, pelvic pain or a pelvic fracture, Numbness and tingling in the hands. I know Cheryl, you had said neuropathy. Um, I also thought this was related to um, carpal tunnel. Um, gout. You had a deviated septum. I just felt like I was just saying, like, there's a snoring problem. Um, obstructive sleep apnea. If you don't know what that means, it just simply means you stop breathing during the night. Cramping in your toes. Um, I heard the, the name Jerry and back pain, possibly, a, uh, yeah, a back injury. Um, blocked arteries or a heart block. And then the last one was um, with the veterans, uh, like a war injury or something along that nature. I think that's every disease. <laughs> I think that was all of them. So everyone else can sit down. Thank you for that. No, and, and here's the good news is this is live streamed. And so we just believe God knows you're going to be watching. And so if you're watching on live stream, man, you need to take this for yourself. This is, this is for you too. Mine is a little bit different. Because uh, Lord started speaking to me at home before I came here today, and then we was praying here. But mine is for broken heart. God wants to heal the broken heart today and pull the arrows out. Yeah, it's one of the promises of Isaiah 61 that the Messiah would come and bind up the brokenhearted. So thank you, David, for that. During worship, um, well, this actually started last Sunday. God was growing out legs in the healing chair. So... Just And it was quick, and it was easy, and God said he was accelerating, but he was like three for three in the course of like four minutes. So wow. God said he, in worship, um, he was going to continue that because he wants to heal backs, because he wants backs restored so we can go out and leak presence on the people that are hurting outside the church. So I'm um, speaking to anybody with a back injury. I also got the sciatic nerve that runs down to the right leg. I had gotten that too, but that's because of a back injury. And then I also got um, left hand, 
whether it's been injured, it's an old injury, new injury, but um, I'm, I just saw in the spirit that you have trouble gripping things. So God wants to restore your hand today. Um, on the way in today, um, small and large intestines. Okay, something going on with the small. Yeah. I actually got gastrointestinal on the way uh, over here too. So, yeah. like, yeah. not personally. Uh, don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't be afraid to stand next to me. But uh, just. Uh, this I got morning, this I woke up and uh, really was uh, the word deception that you're believing a lie, a lie, and you believe it's the truth. And I felt that there was a covering of you, and it's in the mind. All right, here's the problem with deception is you don't know you're deceived. Otherwise, you wouldn't be deceived. So, um, so yeah, just, we'll just trust the Lord is going to highlight, hey, there's something going on. Maybe it, it could be deception about healing or about who Jesus wants to be for you. Maybe God wants to highlight that. So thank you, Cindy, for that. Um, I got that there's an issue with your hair or your scalp. And you've been afraid to get prayer for it because you feel like you're being vain, where like there's this bald spot or like itchy scalp or something like that. Um, so don't worry about that. Just get prayer for it. All right, that's good, man. Okay, I got something. Um, there's a scripture that says no, no weapon formed against you can stand. And I was uh, praying about that last night. And so there's something with um, maybe a heart issue with someone or a relationship uh, issue with someone. And it's created um, chaos in your heart. Okay. My name's Fred, and I'm getting from the Lord that someone here needs a new heart, brand new created heart put into them. And then also there's people that don't know what's wrong with them, and the Lord's just saying you need a brand new immune system. So come on up. All right. Awesome. I had a dream about... Um, a womb being opened, and so when Cheryl spoke that this morning, it was a lot of power on that, so I'd love to pray That's good. for your womb. Um, I got um, digestive, and then I also had, um, like you're in a relationship and you're wondering, and I felt like the Lord just wanted to bring clarity to it. All right, so some wisdom for that relationship. That's good. Okay, I got uh, high blood pressure and migraines. Um, what I was hearing was um, someone out there is feeling hopeless and also for eyes like cataracts. Um, left rotator cuff, if you can't do this or this or this, let me pray for you. And uh, identity, you are a child of promise, not whatever you're thinking. All right, now we've named everything. Nah, nah. Listen, if your condition wasn't named, well, you're still going to get prayer. We already know what his will is. Okay, this is just a thing God's just trying to highlight. And so, hey, if your condition was called out, let's just have, let's just have you go ahead and stand up. We're going we're gonna to go for prayer. Now, as we're getting ready to pray, I want to just remind you, there's no striving to this. There's no trying to get healed. There's no fear of disappointment. Okay, listen, we're going to be taking the next season on this. Week after week, remember Kenneth Hagin, it was like, it, it takes some time sometimes to build that faith in there. And so uh, do not stop believing after the prayer ends. But listen, guys, we're going to take some steps into this, and we're going to get breakthrough in this, okay? I believe many people are going to get healed today. And so, but um, let's just keep going after this thing, all right? And so uh, eyes on Jesus. I like to say this. Just stay fascinated with Jesus. Remember, it's not a matter of the head and trying to get it right. It's just you're kind of putting your, your attention on him and just seeing 
wow, he healed every person who came to him. He, he already said yes to this. He paid for it. So I like to say this over you. God will not withhold healing from you because you're bad. He's not going to heal you because you're good. He's going to heal you because of what Jesus did on the cross. <laughs> That's such good news. I'll just add this. Uh, Jesus only heals people who don't deserve it. So there's nothing you need to do to start trying to get on his good side or earn it. Um, he already said yes. Okay, and so don't try to start earning it. He, he already said yes. So let's do this. If we could, um, okay, if you're standing, if you could uh, raise your hand. And now people around them, I want to, you're, you're going to be the prayer team, the people who are sitting down. And so go and put a hand. I'm going I'm to instruct you on what to do here. But I want you to uh, put a hand on a shoulder. And when someone's hand's on your shoulder, you can put your hand down. But we'll keep it up until we get that. So if you're sitting down, you're about to burn some calories. We're going we're gonna to put you to work here. So, yeah, ministry team, go get them, too. So hands up until someone comes and prays for you or puts a hand on your shoulder. And uh, all hands on deck. I'm going to give you some instruction in just a second. We just want to make sure everybody gets covered. And if you're watching on live stream, you can put your hand on yourself. All right, he said uh, you know, believers would lay hands on the sick, and so you can uh, lay hands on yourself. Okay, is there anyone still with their hand raised? Wave it at me. I can't see if you, if you have it up. All right, we've got everybody, got everybody covered. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask, um, hey, what do you want to see happen when we pray? Well, I want to be able to move my shoulder without pain. I realize some of these conditions, they're going to need some testing, and so go ahead and get that. I know it's like diabetes, it's difficult for it to show up right away, okay? And so, you know, to show up a healing right away. So um, what do you want to see happen? And then what's our part is to just initiate an encounter. He said, lay hands on the sick. And so just in the name of Jesus, shoulder be healed and have them check it out. It was actually in, it, was, it said the 10 lepers, as they went, they were healed. So you actually need to uh, activate your faith by, by trying it out, seeing what's going on. And if you get some breakthrough, I want your group to clap. Okay, and uh, so like, even if it's the, cl the cloud the size of a man's fist, we're going to celebrate what God is doing and not focus on what hasn't happened yet. And you watch thankfulness bring increase. So what do you want to have happen? Initiate the encounter, have him check it out, but you're keeping your eyes on Jesus. Go for it. Thank you, Jesus. Don't pray too long, no more than two or three sentences. We're not trying to convince God. He's trying to convince us. The shoulder be healed in the name of Jesus. Check it out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, yeah. Hey, guys, eyes on Jesus. Don't strive for this thing. Just enjoy him. Check it out. If you need to get out in the aisle, take a little walk, and just it doesn't have to be something noble, but you got to just try to move it. Thank you, Jesus.
It almost sounds like the sarcastic clap. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there. More rapid clapping. That's good. That's good. So. All right, let's do this. How many people you're feeling 50% breakthrough or more? Raise your hand. Wave it, wave it high. Awesome. Look all over. Yes. Yay, God. Yay, God. Awesome. Hey, guys, if you're not at 100%, uh, pray again. Jesus prayed for the blind guy twice, which means we get 37 times. All right, so keep praying. If something's getting better, take some time and celebrate it. Wesley, what happened? It's good. Any pain? We'll come up and share. Hey guys, we got a testimony here. Hello everyone. Uh, I had inflammation in my knees. Uh, it was painful to uh, do anything more than walking, you know, bending down, running around, jumping up. And uh, I'm all good. Yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. That was not a plant in the audience. I know that's my son, but he really, he really did get healed. So that's awesome. Yay, God. Hey, if anyone else has a testimony they want to come up and share, don't share. I'm believing that I'm healed if you're actually feeling, experiencing symptoms in the present or, you know, something relieving. So don't, you're still sick, but you're claiming it. No, we're not doing that, but something's actually happening in your body. We can get some people. What's going on? So the deviative septum thing, I can't, I haven't, didn't check them near, but I can actually breathe out of this side of my nose now, which is amazing. Yeah, so. praise God, awesome. Good news. Guys, Jesus is doing stuff. It's just good, it's just good. I hear snapping, that's a good sign. It's usually hard, our people try to release healing sometimes, it's just like, Name of Jesus. So you have permission to snap. Yay, God. Guys, if you're not getting breakthrough, just keep your eyes on Jesus. It's going to happen. Okay? You're going to be part of the explosion. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, if you guys, if you see someone who's still getting prayer, feel free to go over to them. You can climb over chairs. You can do what you want, but just... Uh, if someone's kind of highlighted to you, just go over there and just, uh, just love on them. It's going to be good. If you uh, feel like you got a leg short, why don't you come down to the front row and we'll, uh, it'll probably be a good spot. That way you'll be able to stick your legs out the most. And so, uh, anyone here that you know you have a leg that's short, could you just raise your hand at us and we'll get you out here? Right here, yep. Anyone else? A leg short? All right, so yeah, front row there. Awesome. Hey, let's just check again. Who in here is I feel like you got, even if you already raised your hand, let's just do it again. How many people in here do you feel like you got 50% breakthrough or more? Something's happening in your body. Wave your hand. Come on. It's good news. Good news. Yeah, 
Yeah, guys, if you want, we just invite you to come up. And, man, there's something powerful about you just saying it. It just kind of keeps you accountable. It just encourages everybody in the room. And so, what? Oh, I, got, I already have a mic. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Double portion. And so, uh, so guys, if you're, if you're uh, getting breakthrough, please just come on up and testify. Even if it's not all the way, man, just come and say what God's doing, and we'll pray for you again while you're, while you're doing it. But if we could get some of those hands up here, that'd be awesome. Not everybody at once. If we could just have you one at a time come forward. It just makes it much less confusing. Thank you. All right. What's going on, Roger? So um, I've been battling gout in my left toe for about five weeks. Thought it was healed about three weeks ago. Well, actually, when David Hogan was here, pain went away completely. Um, this week started back up hurting again. I was limping yesterday, couldn't walk at all. Um, had to have my shoe untied when I came in this morning, and no pain, completely gone. Come on, yeah. God healed it. Beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Looks like it's men's day today. I tell you what, all the men. Hi, good morning. Um, I was in a motorcycle accident uh, about two years ago, and I've had pain and numbness and, and tingling in my, my right leg. And so when the neuropathy thing was, was spoken this morning, um, that significantly decreased, and then some gals prayed for me uh, just a, a while ago, and it is, it's no numbness, no burning, no tingling, so it's really Come awesome. Come on, that's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, hey. The men's day theme continues here, I tell you what. You know, sometimes us guys just beat, beat ourselves to death when we're growing up with some of the jobs we have, but, uh, and I have. But my ankles, my knees, my hips, my back, and asthma, I feel like God healed me today. My ankles, knees, and hips don't hurt. Wow, come and, on. Uh, thank you, My Jesus. back is feeling great. Good. But thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Come on. That's beautiful. All right. We've broken, into, we've broken the gender barrier here. I've had constant collarbone pain for about four or five months for no reason whatsoever. It just hurts all the time just standing here. Wow. Um, it was about an eight all the time. An and 8 out of 10 pain, 10 yeah. as bad as you can imagine it, right? And uh, it's gone. So Jesus totally wiped it out. It's completely so gone. So beautiful. Thank you, Lindsay. That's just good news, gang. Anyone else want to share? Hey, guys, I want to encourage you, feed on these things. Okay, it's not good to just do a golf clap and enjoy it at an emotional level. It says the, tes the, uh, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So literally, it's God's prophesying, I want to do this again. We need to feed on these testimonies, okay? And so, yeah, just, hey, it's live stream. I think it is. Yeah, they're okay. It's, it's being live stream. So, yeah, you can go back and feed on these things. But this is good news. Here's what I want to do is um, if we could have our ministry teams, the ones who are not praying for people, come to the front of the room. And if your uh, condition was not called out or if you would like some additional prayer for more breakthrough, our healing teams will be here. But again, guys, let's make this fun. I'm not talking about making it light and silly. But I'm talking about, guys, where the lowest angel could sneeze and heal the whole room. The problem is not with heaven, okay? So we're, we're taking steps into this thing. And we're going to keep going after this stuff. And so thank you for going for it. But if you would like a so ministry teams, if you are not praying for somebody, uh, which you probably have, a lot of you are, if you could come line across the front of the room here. And again, if your condition was not called out or you would like some additional prayer, we want to pray for you guys. And so uh, let me pray over you. Jesus, we love you. 
Lord, I thank you that you're beginning something awesome. But Lord, we want to see the day where we can say, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or take up your mat and walk. So Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, we'll just keep, we'll know nothing but increase in this thing. And uh, Lord, every condition. Uh, guys, there has to be a church in Columbus where people can come in and know they're going to get healed. We're, when we pray, God shows up. And so guys, we've, I, there is not a church in Columbus that's like that yet. And so we've got, we've got to go after this thing. So Jesus, we love you. We love you. You're, you're more wonderful than we can imagine. So change our imaginations. Help us to see you more clearly. So Lord, I bless your people, and I thank you that they're going to keep their healings, and they're going to get even more healed. The ten lepers, as they went, they were healed. And so I pray for each person in here. Do not stop believing after the prayer ends. Just continue to enjoy the Lord. With every step, expect more. And uh, if, you, if necessary, get prayer again on Sunday, next Sunday. In Jesus' name. <laughs>